Hey, Combo Nation, we are back. Voice a little hoarse, but we're here nonetheless. It's the C-O-M-B-O. <laughs> Always wanted to do that, man. Combo Nation! <laughs> what up, what up, what up, everyone? Welcome to episode 309. You heard that right. Episode 309 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, leave a five-star rating, a friendly comment, and punch down on that follow button. Today's show, Roosh Williams, co-host of the Noble and Roosh Show by Ball is Life, joins in for part two of our conversation we talk overseas basketball, pickup basketball, Rockets, and more. You can find Roosh on Twitter at Roosh Williams. That's R-O-O-S-H-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S. Combo Nation, don't forget to share this episode. Share it on social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Share it on your Instagram stories and tag me on IG at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O. C-O-M-B-O, intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. things you hate about pickup i could talk dude pickup oh up. man well it's uh a lot of delusional people play pickup they do things that they can't do and then they'll remember like i think when they go home at night they remember that one shot that they made but not the 50 they that the 50 triple crossovers into a step back that they missed and they think that's what they do um yeah just a lot of delusional it's a lot it's a lot of delusion when it comes to pickup but pickup is great pickup is so fun you know oh it's just it's the it's my favorite thing in the world to do when it's not breaking my nose um Pickup is full of delusion and arrogance, dude. That's what pisses me off is like, you know, cause you, I don't know. I don't know. For me, I'll walk into the gym. I'll go to like a LA fitness and on any given day, you could be playing against some little 17, 18 year olds, or you could be playing against some like 35, 25 year olds, whatever, you know, I, I play against anybody. <clears throat> and um, like I played right before I broke my nose, I was playing, I, I go in there, play some three on three. Right. And I'm, I'm five eleven. About 185 like I told you before we got on and I look like this right and some a lot of times I'll be playing with my glasses on because I don't I don't wear my contacts before I go to the gym so people will look at me and be like mm, mm, you know whatever I don't want to play with this guy or I'm not <laughs> or whatever right? yeah it's, it's funny how people judge you before they watch you play right right and they're all in like <laughs> it's I'm a thing like, it's a it's definitely a thing everybody's like it's play? absolutely a thing and like yeah, I kind yeah. of I kind of I'm at the point where I embrace it like I try to look as much of a like as much of a non-hooper as possible. Well, I'm sure it adds a chip on your shoulder as well once you get on the court. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm yeah, like, yeah. all right, I'm, I'm about to bust your ass. Yeah, yeah, right, right. You know, and, and my game is like, especially if we're playing three on three where I have space, I'll just back up. I like up. three on three, yeah. I love three on three. Me too. I'll just too. back up because you can get that rhythm. Full court, it's a little more difficult to get the rhythm and each possession matters more. So I like, I don't like to hog the ball. Well, the thing is, is that like, 
there's more of a chance that somebody will mess up the rhythm of the game when you got 10 people, you know, like exactly. they'll just, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. And like three on three, once it, once it becomes defined, like, yo, that guy's shooting, like then they just give you the ball and it's like, boom, boom, boom. You know, you can just, the more you touch it, the more you feel it, the more it goes in. But so I'll just start off by just jacking from, from way back, you know? And like, oh, really? You know, yeah. actually that's a good way to get comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just kind of my way of like showing my teeth. It's like, cause when I drop the first couple, I'm like, yeah, you're gonna have to guard me from out here. Like, I know, I don't think you expected that, but like, you're gonna have to guard me. And a lot of guys that you've you've probably seen this, they they're so arrogant. They're like, they'll just be like, all right, shoot it. Like, you'll make the first two, and they're like, nah, that's a fluke. Keep shooting it. So like, a lot of times, especially when I play one on one. All right. So for example, I play one on one against this dude, the D1 college player. At like, I think he played at Kennesaw State, right? So not like, how old is he now? He's like, he's like younger, like right out of college. No, no, he's still in college. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, he's, you know, currently, he was at Kennesaw State. I think he dropped like nine points a game and transferred somewhere else. But he was like 20, I think he's 20. Okay. 20 or okay. 21. Okay. Somewhere between right. 19 and 21. Six three, really good basketball player. So we're playing. Um, playing one-on-one, right? And it's one of those where it's like in the morning. This Three is dribbles or no? No, just full-on one-on-one. Like, okay. I, I, I hate king of the court. Person. But you, but you like three dribbles, don't you? You got to go three dribbles. No, because what? Like, we don't want to see all that dribbling for an hour. Well, I mean, that's why you have the respect to not do that, you know. But, <laughs> but I, I, I love three dribble max. I love, I love that. I shoot quick. I don't like three dribble max. Maybe it's because I'm a shorter guy, so like I can't get. You know what stride. though? You're right. Three dribble max definitely gives a taller player the advantage. Right. Even and though that so- that sounds awkward, but it's definitely the truth. Because like, if I'm playing against, like I'm six five. If I'm playing like against a small guard all i gotta do is contain and contest you right. know what i mean like keep yeah. him in front of a few dribbles he can't really dance on them you know right exactly and i like yeah. to dance because i dance just to create that one second where you take a step back and then i pull that's my game right okay okay or if you cheat then i i has your go by go by yeah, yeah, yeah so so i'm playing this dude and it's one of those it's in the morning right so no one's in the gym it's just us two shooting i'm shooting on this side he's shooting on the other side and i need my cardio so i walk up i'm like yo you try to play one-on-one and he kind of looks at me and I'm like, I was like, yo, I'll beat you. Okay. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and at this point, yo, I didn't, you guys, yo I that's didn't know, hilarious. I didn't know he played D one. Right. He was just, he looked like he did, but I didn't know till after the fact, but you have to right? otherwise they'll just be like, nah, I'm just shooting, bro. I'm just shooting. I'm not trying to play. So it's like, all right, I guess you deal with some things that I don't have to deal with. Like, it's like, what are you like? How tall are you? Six, six, five. Yeah. Six, five. So you come yeah. on and they, they automatically, but know. I do when I was younger, I used to be the shortest guy. So I kind of know what you're talking about, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and when I play five on five, my game is more of like a game managing point guard. Like I, I, you know, run the a game, game managing ball. point guard. That's Jack's from 35. Let's go. I, I should, I play like more, more like Jason Kidd, right? Like I, I love Jason I play, Kidd's game. I, I adjust, right? Like if I got players yeah. that I know are better than me, they can score. I get them the ball. You know, if, I need to start shooting. I'll start shooting. If I'm playing one-on-one, three-on-three, I'll shoot. But in a five-on-five game, like, nobody wants to see you jack from 30, you know? Now, sometimes I will just to, like, you know, let them know. But anyway, so I'm playing one-on-one. And, you know, I convinced this guy to play. And first shot, you know, boom, hit a three. And he just kind of looks at me. Second shot, boom, I hit a three. And we're going twos and ones to 15, right? So it's 4-0. Third shot, boom. He's just refusing to guard me, and I just keep pulling. And I just kind of look at him. I'm like, bro, I can do this all day. Like, put the air, put the ego aside. Like, you're going to have to guard me. 
He stopped. He but that's weird that he's like a college athlete not playing defense. I don't know. Like, but, but it's an ego thing, right? And then finally, okay. I get up. Like, I forget. I don't know what I'm up by, but like, I get up big, like maybe 10 0, 10 1 or something. And then he starts guarding me. And then I beat him, you know, because it's too late. Then we start playing. And then he's guarding me every possession. He beats me a couple times. Then I come back and I beat him and whatever. We end up playing. He beats me, I think, four times. I beat him twice. So, but the point is, at first, he's just kind of looking at me like, man, you can't play. And then I have to like, keep drilling and drilling until i'm like bro guard me. you should start talking that's when you start talking i hate talking. like you like well you you talked i mean you talked before the game you should have been talking during well but but i'm not i don't talk to him before the game like y'all i'm just like no i, I promise i'll beat you i know i don't look like it but <laughs> good shot, I'll, I'll beat you kind of like you know just like a, a humble talk but because right. i hate it when guys start talking because then it gets physical and then elbows fly and like this happens right so yeah yeah but but no i mean the other thing about pickup, dude, <clears throat> is it's funny to see how these kids are emulating legit Stefan and Harden. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like they, they have this, the, the step back, the Harden step back footwork is crazy. These kids, I think they travel, maybe I'm wrong. And then you have all the kids that are just jacking from, from way deep and air balling and hitting the side of the backboard until they hit that one. And then they're like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, yeah. Oh. That's the ball. What you the, key, the key to finding good run, here's the key, is to go to your local college and play. Like, not where you went to school, like a D1 college in your area and play with the kids that play on the team. Like, that's what I used to do when I was coming back from overseas, like trying – like, I'd go to St. Francis, you know, or D1. Like, that's how you could – you're going to you know from? you're going to – I'm from New York. Okay. So, but, yeah, like, that's the key to get a good run, like going to colleges and playing or going to a game where you know, like, it's organized and you're going to have good guys play. The LA fitness thing is funny. I'll tell you this about LA fitness. You go to any LA fitness and you'll find one guy that can't play basketball, but could shoot like 93% from three. Like they yeah. can't do anything else. Like you leave them yeah. open. They just like, what is going on? Like you can't play basketball. Why are you shooting like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. <clears throat> Again, dude, you're, you're much better at basketball than me. Right. So you could walk into a, a college run and immediately get your respect. I walk into a college run and I got it. I'm not trying to do that at this, at this age, bro. I'm not trying to yeah, yeah, I see what you're sit around yeah. and like, yo, can I run? Like, I promise I'll run with you, but can I please run, you know? And then they do the whole, oh, nah, nah. I told my boy, I told my boy. And it's like, all right, dude. Okay. I got you. Yeah, I meant to organize run with the coaches there and stuff like that. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, like. The, the way I do it now, up until this broken nose, is you find a, a solid squad of dudes that are all like in the same kind of range. <clears throat> what, you hit them you up on the run? group text? Yeah, you just rent a gym out and just like well, running the, run. run the gym out. You could always get like a good run. Usually, yeah, you know right? I mean, you, yeah. you keep it closed off. It's like max you wait one game, that kind of thing, because like I, don't, I just don't got the time to go up there and run. Um, and again, like college dudes, you know, I don't know if I can hang with like a full 10 D1 college guys like you probably can. So, you know, that, that's why the L.A. fitness thing, it's like a for me at this point, it's cardio like it's fun. I get my fun in. The stakes are low. It is fun. It is fun. And it's yeah. cardio, you know, but I also like to bust some ass every now and then. So. You got to, you got, got to. to, you got to, and you got to talk about it, you know, got to, and <laughs> even these days, bro, I love some 21. I really oh my love. God. Now you're doing a lot. <laughs> that takes me back to like when I was 12. <laughs> because dude, it's, it's so much fun. Cause you don't got to pass the damn ball. I could just shoot all day. I, you don't like to, you just said you were a point guard. Hey, here's another thing about having, uh, having a better experience at pickup run and still confidence in your teammates. Because everybody out there trying to do your own thing and still confidence, make those around you better. For anybody listeners, make those around you better. But, there, but there's nuance to it all, right? Yeah, I love to play point guard with that can play. 
You know what I mean? I hate to play point. Like we're, we're talking LA fitness. So put it in context, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. There's you know some, you know what, there, honestly, there is some LA fitnesses that have like a certain time where like the overseas guys and the college guys will come in and it'll be pretty good, you know? Right. But even with them, dude, <clears throat> the game they play is so one-on-one. Look, when I was younger. Yeah. Everybody's working on their game. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I was younger, dude, I would go to 24 hour fitness um, and we would run, we do like the, the six to whatever, five to seven, six to eight, whenever it gets hot and we would run. And there were the, the overseas dudes, the ex-college dudes. And they will play basketball with you, you know, but now it's like everyone's just like literally at least at, at a pickup gym. It'll be one on one and everyone just kind of stands and watches that one on one. It's a five on five game, but the one on one matchup within the five on five game, everyone's just kind of watching. And like it's almost like old school and one where they're like clowning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like moves or if someone someone gets broke or they just start clowning and like it's not even serious. You know what I mean? Like that. that's what I've seen, at least where I've been. Um but I don't know. When yeah. I was in LA, we did this. Uh, we did a Sunday run, and it was it was. Fun. You were podcasting out there. What were you up to out there? Oh, I live in LA, man. But right now, oh, I'm you live in LA. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 I've been in Houston recently because um, I'm still working online and remote because of COVID and all that. So, but before COVID hit, which I mean, it seems like a long time. But before COVID hit, we had a, a weekly Sunday run up at Caltech, and that was the, that was like my jam, you know. And that's where I'd play like game managing point guard do that kind of thing and like just have fun with it. But you know, you, you, you get some, uh, you get some egos when you go to like a, a local gym. Cause you're just playing with a bunch of, a bunch of people that where everyone comes in the gym thinking that like, yo, I'm the man. And it's like, bro, I'm sure you were the man at your high school, but I don't give a about that. You know, like, <laughs> prepare to get your ass busted by a 32 year old man. Like that's it, you know? So. Yeah. Man, so uh, what's next with the podcast? You know, I've actually had Zach on my show way back in the day. Did you? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach Noble, yeah, yeah. He's a great follow on Twitter too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's an interesting cat, man. We um we just put an episode out. <laughs> he's an interesting cat. <laughs> we just put an episode out with Joy Taylor. That's great. Um, Joy's great. Yeah, she's she's phenomenal at her oh, job. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. Um, so we did one with Joy Taylor. We got some more guests lined up things kind of got jammed up with with my nose of course um so i mean you can still pod with the nose yeah i just um what'd you tell zach we're not potting this week because of my nose i just didn't want to we were supposed to do one last night and i was like zach i can't do it man like first first of all i have to take painkillers because it just hurts right now like the the tip of my nose will just start hurting bro it's it's awful and then obviously my voice probably like when i run this back and listen to it i'm probably going to be embarrassed by the the nasal (laughs) nasally voice of nasally sound of my voice so so we put it on rest for just a second, but honestly, man, first things first, I just need to get this thing off and see what it looks like. It's the, uh, it's just in the back of my head, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's my, it's my nose, man. It's like, I'm a, I'm a pretty boy. I can't lose my nose. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I was going to ask you, man, tell me more about where you played. I don't have much background on your, on your, on your playing career. I'm, I'm kind of interested to hear. Well, I played in, I was actually just on Doug Gottlieb's show talking about all this. He actually shouts to Doug, shared my story on there. Um, I actually played in the ABA first, which is a minor league. It was, that was when, you know, that was a while back when the G League wasn't as big and like those other minor leagues were a little bit better than they are now. Um, So I played, I started out in the ABA. Then I went to Israel for a long time. And then I actually played a year in Denmark, which was great. And, you know, all that lasted about 10 years, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Dude. So you played in Denmark the whole time? After no, that? mostly Israel. Only one year in Denmark. 
which was so great. Mostly Israel, one year in Denmark. Yes. What? I'm not privy to the different levels. So like. Um. Oh yeah. So I actually played. At one point, I was in the top level in Israel, which is a really high level. Like uh, Maccabi or what is it? Yeah, I, w- I was on the second biggest club in Israel for a bit called Hapoel Jerusalem. But I moved around from there in many different leagues and on many different teams. I played in like 10 teams in 10 years. Denmark was an interesting place to play. It was a little bit different. It's not as um, it's not as big as a basketball country as Israel was, but it was really fun. Like it was more like up and down style play. It wasn't old European style. It was more like I, I kind of really enjoyed it that it was a more like up and down type game, like free type play. But uh, yeah, they're actually they're actually improving as a basketball country. But I played in like across a lot of different levels and a lot of different leagues, and uh, especially in Israel. Yeah. So I'm I'm from my my, my family's from Iran. Okay. Okay. I'm sure you're familiar with the Iran Super League. Yes. Yes. They get some good Americans. They do. They're only allowed to have. I think two on a team. Right. Uh, I mean, a lot of leagues have, you know, their import restrictions. So that's normal. And so, so I used to visit there a lot when I was a kid, right? Last time I went was when I was 15. And when I went, when I was 15, um, I, I actually tried out. I didn't try out. I practiced with their junior team. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes. Every, like most of the pro teams have a junior team and they usually practice before, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so I had an invite to like come back and, and really do it. Um, obviously my parents didn't let me cause I <laughs> had to go back to school, but I always wondered, and it probably would never have been worth it. Cause I'm sure they don't pay, you know, anything near worth it. But I always wondered like, man, cause I remember, look, when I went there that summer, I was playing pickup games. Right. And there, it kind of blew my mind. This is back in 2004. Their pickup scene was so weak that like someone like me, who's a pretty, you know, not like a standout, just an average teenage basketball player would just run these fools, you know, like I'd pull up and hit a three and people were just like, whoa, who's this guy? You know, because they were so far behind as a country. And so <clears throat> was that before, well, let me ask this, was that before uh, social media and YouTube? Yeah, 2004. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like back then when you did things in person, it would impress people more because now we see everything all the time, you know? Right, right. So that was like, I, that was like new to like, oh, like, yeah, you know, you know what I, mean? I just remember going to and playing with like, you know, with these junior, these dudes yeah. and it was just like, y'all aren't that good. Like my, my teammates from my squad back home would run y'all, you know, like, I mean, Americans have the best players. That's why overseas teams bring in Americans to play. You know what I mean? Of course. Of course. I'm just saying like, that was my, that was a moment where I realized I was like, Oh dude, like people could easily, I know people that could come over here and run y'all and make some money. Clearly no one would want to do that because you have to live in Iran, but it was just, it was just kind of a mind blowing thing to me. And so the overseas game has always been interesting to me because like, I know a bunch of guys that are good enough to play overseas that never pursued it for whatever reason. Um, yeah. They value, just, they value different things overseas. It's like a totally different style of what they value over there is very different than what they value here. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause like the athleticism doesn't necessarily matter. Right. It's, more of like the team, a, it's a team aspect of basketball. They're more right. consumed with, you know? Right. And like, like, like for example, like the dudes that were playing on the level above, like I was, so I was watching, I went to like Iran's like national, I don't know. It's called Azadi. It's like their national, like, complex sports complex whatever where they're like you know best of the best playing i did this like little run and i saw like their actual olympic team practicing i didn't practice with those guys i practiced with people a couple under them but i was watching them and i was like this is the best that the country has to offer dude and like this fool can't even shoot a free throw like 
yeah, he's six eight, but he's like a bruiser. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It was just kind of crazy because like that was the first time I realized how far behind everyone else was compared to us, at least back then. Things have changed. Yeah, I mean, like it also depends on the country. Like Spain, you're gonna see a lot of good players. Like Italy has like all these guys who are like like they just have a bunch of guys who are like six ten and skilled. They can like dribble, shoot it, pass it and they're like 6'10". It's a different style of play. Like, if you put them one-on-one against most Americans, they'll get cooked, but they know the team aspects of the game, and they have size, and they're skilled, and they can shoot. You know what I mean? It's like... Exactly, and it kind of makes you think, like, man, imagine if if we emphasized the IQ portion of the game instead of the flash. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, imagine you had a EuroLeague-type system with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Harden playing extreme team basketball with those skill sets. Dude. Like, it would be, like... They would win a championship easily if they played like a Euro League style of play. But it's it's so hard to do because the rules are totally different and just the game style is totally different. Well, so you, can't, the, you can't really do that, you know? It, it's the rules and it's what we value, though. Yes, you know I mean? yes, 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 like, yes. Like kind of linking back to the, the conversation about like going to your local L.A. fitness. Like these fools aren't impressed with, you know, like a, a no-look touch pass to the corner for an open three. They're impressed with like, you know, the bop, bop, boom, boom, step back, drop, you know, like. Cool. Right, That's right. Cool. I still like. See, I grew, I grew up playing streetball in New York City, like Rucker Park, Dykeman, all that stuff. There you go. Like, so- like what I would do there would get oohs and ahs. But if you're down twenty in a game overseas and you do that, it's crickets. They don't yeah. care. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I mean, if that point matters to the context of the game, then yeah, they'll be excited. But they don't care about the highlight as much. At least back then, it might have changed a little bit now because obviously. People over there could like watch overtime. They, they're more familiar with American culture. So things might've changed at this point, but yeah, they just value things in a totally different way, but it teaches you a lot of about the game over there in, in ways that you never looked at it before, you know, like what, what they think is good is different than what we think is good. Like what? It makes sense. I just want to hear it from someone that's done it. It's interesting. They look at, they look at everything less from like a highlight perspective and more from like, what are, what value are you bringing to this team? Like there's guys over there that are making six figures that if you bought them in a pickup run here, you, you might not like, you know, native type players that aren't that you might not think are very good, but maybe they know how to play the pick and roll really well in that system. And they grew up there and we value that, but they're not doing anything like spectacular or athletically or anything like that. They just know the game and know how to play the, maybe just the pick and roll really well. Their jump shot might look funny. You know, you're like, right, what? Right. like, <laughs> like this guy is a, is playing high level, you know, in Europe. Like, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's just, it's just different what they value, you know? And then all of that, because real quick, what's your favorite era of basketball? Right now. Right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I, I like, I like spread offense, you know, less post up, shooting the three. Yeah, I like it. I like it now. Yep. So I was going to say all that kind of loops me to the thought of like, you're saying these dudes have value within their team. And they're not necessarily like one-on-one gurus or whatever. Right, right. Whenever people discuss like, oh, cats in the 90s were overrated or this team from now would destroy all the teams in the 90s because of blah, blah, blah. It brings me to back to this kind of thought where it's like, it's not all about this one-on-one athletic ability, you know? Like, yeah, if you're going one-on-one, yes, you're right. But like there are teams that were good teams despite the fact that they didn't have a dude that was like, you know, has he crossover step back, boom, you know? Like, like the Pacers, Reggie Miller's Pacers, Dale Davis and Antonio Davis, Rick Smith's with the finesse. Like they had roles and everyone knew their role and they played it so well and meshed so well that it worked. The Sonics, right? Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, obviously 
Sean Kemp was an athletic freak. Gary Payton couldn't really shoot that well, but they had roles, dude. Hersey Hawkins, Detlef Shrimp, Sam Perkins, like different guys had different roles. And because they were so good at those roles within whatever respective system they were in, they were just fucking good. They were hard to beat. Um, and like now, you, you know, I guess, I guess I just see a bunch of the young kids that only watch these types of guys on YouTube and you can tell that like, they're not impressed at all. And it's hard to kind of get them to understand like, yo, it, it goes beyond like having a 95 rating on 2k. It goes beyond, <laughs> it goes beyond like, you know, I don't know who's like a player right now. That's like really good one-on-one, but doesn't really impact team winning. You know, I'm trying to think. I hope, well, I hope it's not the Houston Rockets this year. I hope, uh... <laughs> I hope not, but, but look, but that, but that's the kind of thing, right? Like, and, but no, all those guys are good. I, all those guys are super talented. They're going to be good not to pick on them. No, yeah. but I mean, but, but it's the truth though, right? Like they might have a bunch of guys that are individually good, but winning games at the, at the NBA level is more than that, you know? Yeah. Jalen Green proved he could win in the G League level. They were winning. That was Look, great. Man, I got the Rockets hitting the over. Uh, I think what, what, I think. what is it? What is it right now? I think I saw 25. That's actually a good. That's actually close. I think it'll be close to there. Yeah. I think it'll be close. I mean, look, they went 17 and 55 last season in 72 games. So they would have to win nine more games to get to hit the over in an actual 82 game season this time. So that's one thing. 17 games in a, in a truncated season that was 10 games less. Um, Jalen Green's now a part of the team. Tada. Um, they don't have a bunch of G League guys, at least now, unless people get hurt. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to be signing Cam Thomas off the street, picking up, God knows who off waivers and running. Cam Thomas is not going to be on the street. He's going to be with Brooklyn. Um, maybe Cam Oliver. Oh, okay, okay. I was like Cam Thomas. (laughs) I think it was Cam. My point is, they picked up a bunch of dudes that you know they put them on a ten day and then yeah, and those guys were playing. You're saying it's going to be a better situation this year. Yeah, I mean they're gonna have they have they have their actual roster. They have a direction, and the direction yeah. is youth and developing now. Maybe not winning right now and getting good draft picks. And yo, I'm pretty sure that last season they had they set the NBA record for most. It was either like most different lineups or most different players that played something like that. Yeah, that's great. Well, a lot of that was COVID protocol, right? COVID injuries, yeah, uh, trades, whatever you know. So all I'm saying is they'll have more continuity. They actually have like their starting five. They actually have their guys this time. And so the fact that they won 17 games with God knows who um, and with Christian Wood missing a lot of time, Eric Gordon missing most of the season as well. So maybe they'll get the over. Uh, so um, are you making music anymore or what? Man, uh, no, I do it for fun. You know, sometimes like if I have like a long night working or something and I can't fall asleep, um, you know, I'll go, I'll go, go put it on. And um, I'll kind of sit down and start writing a little bit and get some thoughts out until I can fall asleep. Um, I have some things in the vault that are pretty dope. I just don't have anything to do with them. The, why don't you just put it? Why don't you just put it out there? Because you don't want because you don't want to use your time to do that, or you know, I'm kind of figuring out how to do that. Like my platform has grown a little bit um, since in terms of doing, podcasting and basketball, in terms of just in terms of following like numbers, you know, gotcha. Like when I was in the thick of it, I was making moves. Right. But my number, like I I'd get good accolades, but, um, I didn't have like viral numbers, you know, like the biggest video I ever did had like 70,000, um, you know, accumulated over the the course of all platforms, like all YouTube hits, all my Spotify streams, Apple streams, all that stuff. You wrapped on some pretty big platforms though, right? 
Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying like, so, so look, like I was saying, like YouTube videos, streams and all that, definitely over a million, probably a couple million. Um, everything accumulated though, right? Like I didn't, right, right, that, right. I didn't have that one that was like, if you go on my Spotify, like the, the most you'll see is like 20,000 or something. So it's like, <clears throat> I didn't have that one that hit like a million, right? So it's like when you accumulate everything, SoundCloud, Apple, Tidal, Spotify, YouTube, like when you add it all up, the numbers are good. <clears throat> but I didn't have that one that like took off that like, put me on the map, that kind of thing, you know? So I was consistent, but I, I say that to say, um, like my social media never had like a crazy following, you know, I had like 5,000 on Facebook, um, like 3,000 on Instagram. And when I was rapping, I had like th three, maybe 4,000 on Twitter. Mm -hmm. But now it's up to like 14, four, over 14,000, right? And like my, like on, like on Twitter, I'll hit, you know, I get like 10 million hits a month, easy. And so my question to you is, what do you think those people that are following you are looking for? Is it more your basketball takes or more what you're going to do as an artist? Or is it just they follow you as a person? Some some of I think it's mostly definitely mostly basketball. OK. Indoor, indoor sports in general. OK. OK. And, and a lot of them follow me just as a person. But my point in bringing all of this up is that because you said, what are you going to do with it? Right. And I'm and I'm kind of getting at the idea that, well, now that I have an actual, an actually pretty big following or decent following to the point where I can, you know, get multiple millions of hits a month. That's something I can kind of capitalize on. And so if I was to put anything out, I'd want to do it a little thoughtfully, you know, just to make sure it kind of hits and resonates. A body of work? Oh, man, I don't know. You know, I kind of <laughs> regret, I kind of regret doing bodies of work because so Why? Much you thought you should you take the Russ route and put one song out a week, like a podcast. That's what he did. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. and that's smart. Yeah, no, seriously. Cause that's smart yeah. because you have to treat everything like an asset, right? Like, like imagine if you, if you did like a whole season of podcasts and put them all out at once, why would you do that? It wouldn't make Ever. sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, but that used to be the thing with music. You put an album out, you put a mixtape out, you put a body of work out. And so. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't streaming. You had to go out and get that album. And exactly, right? Video. And that's the other thing. That's the other reason my numbers didn't really hit is because the streaming game hit towards the end of what I was doing. And we didn't really capitalize on that landscape. It was kind of secondary in our thought process. Um, uh, which, is, which is why I got a bunch of dope media accolades. We were going through the media and they were they were really messing with what we were doing. But the, the do-it-yourself streaming route, that type of thing, hadn't fully clicked yet. It was still kind of new. But... Um, but I say that to say that if I was to do it now, because like I'm saying, the albums, dude, it takes so much energy, so much time. Yeah, yeah. So many resources. Like I remember the first <laughs> album I made took me like 13 months, start to finish, to write, record. It's almost like a book. Yeah, I mean, it takes forever, dude. And then you put it out and it's like, you know, like my, the, the PR companies or whatever that would be working with us would be like, okay, cool, what's next? And I was like, do you mean what's next? <laughs> <laughs> like, what you talking about? I just next, like, this is this is what's next. We can we can go through it and figure it out. But this is what's next. I say that to say, and I've said that probably ten times on the pod now. But I say that to say um, that if I was to do it now, I would do like individual joints um, and just kind of put them out um, once a week, like, maybe like a podcast. Yeah, maybe like once a week and just for fun, you know. But but would I be aiming to do anything with it? No, like. I don't care about fame or blowing up or anything. Um, music is a young man's game, dude, you know? And that was kind of the main yeah. reason that, that helped me transition out of it is like, I kind of, I kind of got to the point where I was like, yo, I'm not trying to keep up with the kids. Like 
they can have it. They're doing what they're doing. Rap music has changed a lot. Um, and the, the type of stuff that's popular now is just not what I was doing, man. And you have to be able to accept that, you know? And so like, like Lil Uzi Vert, I don't do that kind of stuff, you know? Well, you know what's crazy? Little Uzi Vert is almost a legacy act at this point. Like he's he's an older guy, <laughs> like not older, older, but I mean, there's a lot of guys younger than him that are now right. like. And so, right? and so that speaks to how quickly things change, right? Yeah. Like he was him specifically for me. I think he started popping off in 15 or 16, maybe. Mm-hmm. Him specifically for me was like the final straw. I was like, okay, I was like, that's what's hot, and I don't do anything remotely close to that. How, how would you describe your style of rap? Conscious. You know, honestly, man, when I go back and listen to my old stuff, I think some of it, I think sometimes I'm just like, that's, that's whack. I don't even like this. <laughs> you know, I mean, just keeping it real, bro. Like, like what I do now, I'm so much better at it now because it's like, I'm in a mature headspace. Um, back then I was just trying to be like, I don't know, hard, like rapping, rapping, rapping. And like, some of so you, you felt like you weren't being authentic with yourself. Not that it's just that I was, I was z- zeroing in on one aspect of it instead of zooming out and just kind of letting it flow. You know, I was trying too hard to fit in because like in Houston, right. You have to consider the landscape, right. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know much about it, but it's like candy paint. I I, I don't know much. I know more about New York hip hop, me personally, but of course. Right. Let me try to make a a comparison. We'll see if this sticks. Um, Basketball, right. The, the, the best, the Jamal Crawford's of the world, the ISO King, right. They're not necessarily, and not Jamal Crawford specifically, but the dudes that are best with the ISO package one-on-one may not always make the team or may not always make the the rotation on the team, right? Because being the best individually doesn't necessarily fit you into the general landscape. And the comparison I'm making there is in Houston, when we were coming up, man, everyone was so focused on being like the best rapper in Houston. Like, yo, I can out-rap you. I can rap faster than you. I can rap doper than you. I'm harder than you, whatever. And so you get caught up in that mindset. And I think I got caught up in that mindset. And instead of just making music that like, you know, I would generally like to listen to, I was just trying to wrap my ass off. Right. So I kind of got lost in the sauce of just like trying to like, like bars, you know, like, oh, well, I yeah, rap. I think, I think punchline rappers got caught up in that and it didn't last for them. Yeah. Like I, I, I equate punchline rappers to the M1 mixtape era. Yes. That, that's that's kind of what I'm talking about with the ISO stuff that I was just saying. Yeah. And not to say I was just a punchline rapper, but I didn't lean into what I think could have made me as good as I could have been. Like my original style would have been, it was kind of self-deprecating, funny, but also like clever. So you're like um, Drake. I don't sing like Drake. No. <laughs> and and he, he, he talks about... Um, he's funny because he, he's self-deprecating, but then he'll kill you at the same yes. time. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, it's like a multifaceted kind of thing, but, but yeah. So, I mean, if I, you know, if I was to do it now and like, like I'm saying, when Uzi, when Uzi Vert came out, I was like, okay, it's totally changing. Like rhyming doesn't even matter anymore at all. (laughs) Like literally doesn't matter anymore. I know. And there was pushback against that, but nobody pushes back against it now. Cause it's just, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right. So it's like, it was just an era shift. And I, I, I recognized that things changed like very distinctly things changed. Um, I came up like when I was pushing what I was doing, it was in the blog era. And so backpacking Mm -hmm. was in and like, you know, just being like a, just being a dude spitting was in, you know, but then it turned into those dudes and the high pitched mumbling and 
the every time I come down the mountain, you know, it's just like I don't do that at all, bro. I don't know. I don't even know how to do that. So I just gave up on it, man. And I and I made a career shift. And I'll tell you, I'm extremely happy that I did. I'm extremely happy that I did. Because music money is not big money. It's really not. It the the best of the best or the the not even the best, but the the highest in the game. Yes, they make very good money. Um, but on the median, it's not, it's not what people think, man. you some of your favorite rappers are probably broke, you know? So now I do, you know, I do my own thing and, and it's allowed me to kind of transition into like, like sp- sports, for example, sports is always going to be around, you know, people are always going to want to hear what you got to say about sports if they care in the first place, music, man, like getting people to want to latch onto your music, like always having to appease the kids, like. I'm like, like I said, I'm 32, right? You're probably at the point where you don't search for new music actively. Maybe well, someone, from the from the artists I like, of course. From the artists you like, but that's not new music. I'm talking about like that. That's that's like going back to the well. But you're not. No, like like, like Benny the Butcher and Griselda make music I actually like, but now they're actually just doing it in a new way. If that makes sense, like the trend went totally. Like they almost it almost benefited that they waited that trend out and kept working hard to a time that people were like kind of like sick of the new trend and wanted to hear some of that, but they were new. I like them a lot. Like, but I definitely go back to the well. I definitely go back to the well as well. That makes sense though, but they're big, right? I'm talking about on average, right? Like there's going to be your, yeah, I don't like, like, yeah, you're right. I don't have enough time. Like I got a lot to do, like to be like searching new young artists. Yeah, you're right. You're right. If something comes to me, somebody sends it to me. Yeah. But you'll jam and be like, Oh, that's dope. And then you might look for more, but there used to be a point. And I think everyone goes through this where you're searching for it. And you're like, you know, yo, I, like, yo, check out this new artist I just found. Yeah, I guess that's you're saying that's a younger generation thing. It's just natural because you just don't have like at, we don't have time to do that anymore. Even though we've been talking for like, uh, it feels like an hour and a half. We don't have time for anything. Or <laughs> <laughs> we're here conundrum, sitting down talking. <laughs> the conundrum of life. Yeah. But like, you know, when you when you do have free time, chances are you're not spending that free time going and finding some blog or finding quote unquote, we don't have time, even though we're sitting here talking, but, but we're gonna, creating something here, right? Cause yeah. you're creating your podcast. So that's where right. your time goes into when you have hundred percent. And so that's kind of the point is, you know, the grind, the music grind, dude, is you have to get people to invest in you, whether that's investing their time or their money to buy your albums or merch, whatever. maybe merch, whatever. Right. And yeah. all those are like low money games. So getting people to invest in you, especially when you get older is, um, it's tough, man. And it's like, that. it's just not worth it. Like, I don't know. And that's kind of where I got, I was like, dude, I'm, I've had people that ride with me forever. And how many times can you, can you expect them to keep riding with you? Like people get married, people have kids, like they don't care about your album or if they do care, they don't, <laughs> or if they do care, they don't have the time to like show up to the show. Cause they got a month old at home. You know, it's like life takes its toll. And so that kind of, all of those factors kind of come into it. And then even me, like, I just don't even care anymore, bro. Like when I look at the music game and I look at like who's popping and like what gimmicks they are doing in order to get popping, I'm just like, bro, I'm, I'm so happy. I don't have to deal with any of that. And I keep up with my old friends that still do the music and they still have the exact same complaints or I'll, I'll see on social media, some of the cats <clears throat> that like I used to know locally that were doing things and making noise locally, like doing nothing. Bro, are you talking about they're complaining about the industry? Yes. That's, I, I don't like when people complain about the grind that they're in. Like, you're in that grind. 
Well, but but you have to understand why they're complaining, right? It's not that it's not like the oh man, it's set up for us to lose. It's not that like no, like I, I know people who podcast who tell me like I'm putting all this hard work in and I'm not getting this. And I'm like, like you're not that's not the right mentality to me. You know what I mean? So I agree with that, but what I'm talking about is more so <clears throat> people that are established. Okay. That have already grinded sufficiently. Got you. Got you. Deserve more than they've got, but they just keep running into the same problems, right? Is that is that label issues? No, 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 not necessarily. And that's the thing, right? Is like it's more so just the the unprofessionalism of the music industry is what I'm getting at. It's a very non-professional industry, right? It's a very like handshake deals, dealing with shady people. Um, You may oftentimes be dealing with uneducated people. Okay. You know what I mean? People that owe you money, people that blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, people that screwed you out of royalties and you didn't realize it until it was too late. Things like that. Right. So I get, I get what you're saying. Like if you're, if you're getting into the game and you're going to complain without putting in the work. Yeah. Nobody cares. Put in more work like, or don't exactly. be in it. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. But I'm talking about people that are like, they work with very established acts. Got you. Got you. They're not getting their due because it's this, you know, like, or someone's like, you know, someone, cause I'm saying, dude, a lot of these people like producers, for example, they'll gas you up and they'll work with other producers and then they'll steal their sounds and they won't credit them. And then they won't give them their royalties on it. And then when you try to track them down, they're like peace and they don't respond. Then you got to get a lawyer. Like, it, it's just like, there are so many levels to the game that people don't know until they're in it that you're just like, dude, I don't got time to be dealing with this, man. Like I, my energy would be much better spent doing something else. Like now I work a job where I I get a guaranteed check every two weeks. You're a lawyer, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't have to chase anybody down. I don't have to worry about anybody. I don't have to, you know, but back then, man, we were running around, like people make you promises. People want you to come out to LA to New York to do X, Y, Z. And then maybe they change their mind or you got to deal with, it's just, you got to deal with all these like little things that, could so quickly fall through people want to book you for a tour you got a tour ready to go for the summer with an established act you're about to be the opener for the whole summer something falls through boom now your whole now your whole summer rollout is messed up like it's just a you might be able to relate to it more so with your yeah, international yeah, no the overseas basketball got that kind of stuff going on for sure exactly. yeah definitely. Yeah. definitely you know and after a while it gets you you love the game but i'm sure it also just taxes you right oh yeah oh i mean it was such a great experience but i'm happy to uh you know move on at this point i mean be moved on for about four or five years yeah a lot of crazy stuff man like yeah and same thing man like i love what i did it gives me a lot of fun stuff to talk about yes i mean like like i'm sure you feel like it's like you kind of lived a life that not a lot of people got to experience you know 100 and no one can ever take that away from you right no one can ever take that away from me you know you probably rub shoulders with yeah I don't know, professional players that gave you props and you were like, oh, wow. Yeah, great. yeah, no, most definitely. Most yeah, definitely. And like, yeah. same with me, you know, like I, I worked with people I looked up to and they were like, yo, you're dope. And I like, no matter who on the internet could say, oh, you suck. Like, you can never take that away from me, right? Like, you can never take away Baby Bash and Paul Wall being like, yo, come drop a joint for our album. You can never take away Bum B backstage at uh, Fitzgerald's being like, hey man, keep grinding, you're dope things like that, you know? So like, those are the stories you take with you, but do I care that it's over? No, not really. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Not at this point, I'm glad I did it. I have no regrets. It, it gave me an awesome base baseline and like foundation and a cool story that translated with me when I went to law school 
uh, got me into doing music law and entertainment law. Now I mean, I it's all communicating from being a lawyer to being a podcaster to rapping, yeah. right? Yeah. You know? And so, and like the, the performing aspect of it was like this crazy experience that has sharpened me in, in, in so many different ways. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel nervous when I go in front of anybody. Oh yeah. Me neither. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I never, I never rocked the mic in front of, you know, thousands, thousands of people, but yeah, but just, yeah. You know you've, been, you've been on center stage in the court with yeah 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 who yelling cheering like you know oh more you, than that overseas they got the drums firecrackers oh, man. <laughs> once once you get hardened through that fire like yeah a few things phase you you know what i mean so yeah most definitely this is a great conversation hopefully they listen to this might be the longest podcast i've ever did they're usually 20 to 30 minutes what are we going an hour and a half Something yeah like man we've been going for a while but i've enjoyed yeah. it so i appreciate you having me man um, yeah you're always welcome back on the show um Let's do it again soon, man. As uh, the season progresses, we could talk more Rockets basketball, hip hop, pickup yeah. basketball, whatever you want to talk about, man. Yeah, I'm probably out the pickup game for a minute with this thing, so I may not have any anything new to talk about except for just uh, shooting around on my own or <clears throat> maybe busting some in 21, which is not not interesting. But uh, but no, definitely have me back, dude. Would love to come back. Um, you know, keep talking some basketball, and hopefully the Rockets can win a few games. They will. They will. Where can we find you everywhere, man? Where can we find you on social media and everywhere else? Um, you can find me R O O S H Williams, Roosh Williams. These days, man, I really only use Twitter. Um, you added me on Instagram. I, uh, I had recently activated my Instagram. It was previously deactivated. So I'll probably deactivate it again. If that happens, it's not personal. It's just me deactivating my Instagram. Um, is that, is like essentialism? Like you're focusing on the essentials. Is that what that's? Yeah. I'm just trying to get out of the matrix, dude. Of um, uh, social media and being on your screen. Yes. Yeah, I, I could see. Yeah, man, that's the screen stuff is crazy, right? It's crazy, man. I mean, Twitter as we're on a, as we're on a screen right now talking, <laughs> right? But at least we're going towards yeah. a goal instead of just doom scrolling. But nah, I, I, yeah, I try not to let myself scroll, bro. Yeah, yeah I mean, Twitter. Yeah, I stay I away Twitter, from that. I use Twitter obviously for a reason, um, but I don't have a reason for Instagram or Facebook, so I'm trying to totally just get off. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So, Limit the screen time. People got to sleep more. People got to read more and try and stay off the screens. I, you know what? I really try and use social media to only put out things like not to consume, really. You know, obviously, I always want to learn from it, but try to put out more than I consume when it comes to social. I think that's a big key. I feel that, man. I mean, it's hard when when the season's going. It's hard to not consume on Twitter for me because there's so much <laughs> Twitter's fun. funny, bro. Twitter's know, it's hilarious. Just, it's just like such a good place to have conversation. And Twitter's been good, great for me, like expanding my I don't know, platform, I guess. Well, I, I think I think Twitter is great because you're kind of like watching the game all together as an NBA Twitter community. Like, that's pretty it's cool. An, it's an experience more yes, so yes. Than, than just like this scroll, click like or whatever, you know? Right, so, right, right. So that's the cool part about it. But yeah, man, find me on Twitter, R-O-O-S-H Williams. Um, and thanks for having me, man. I had a great time. Most definitely. I subscribe to the podcast. Tell them about the, uh, oh, the show. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Noble yeah. and Root Show, anywhere you get your podcast. We've had a ton of guests on Wayne Ellington, Sam Decker, George Niang, Joy Taylor. Uh, we're going to have a bunch more throughout the season. Anywhere you get your podcast, Noble and put the and sign like the ampersand Roosh show. Subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating if you can. Tell a friend. Most definitely sounds great. You're always welcome back on the show, Roosh, and talk soon. All right, man. Appreciate yes, it. Sir. There it is. Thank you for tuning in to Combo's Court. Thank you to everyone who tunes to the show across the globe and thanks to Roosh for joining in this was a long conversation that's why we broke it up into two parts hope everybody enjoyed it yeah man big shouts to Roosh 
Go follow him on Twitter at Roosh Williams. Combo Nation, share this episode. Share it on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Share it on your IG stories and tag me at 1-2-Combo on Instagram. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Should have some more pods for you soon. Maybe some more NBA-centric pods. We'll get into it, man. Thanks for the continued support. And be on the lookout for episode 210. Combo out.